Welcome to Manchester is Red with me, Rich Fay, where we will be discussing all the latest talking points surrounding Manchester United. Make sure to subscribe to us on Audioboom and iTunes to never miss an episode. Hello, welcome to the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. Make sure to subscribe to us on Acast for all the latest episodes. And in today's episode, I am joined by Kieran Kelly. Hello. And Charlotte Dunker. Hello. Both of you watched the United game over Arsenal on the weekend. Kieran, you were there at Old Trafford. The farewell to Wenger. It was a bit rehearsed and cheesy in the end. It was a bit. It wasn't like the Arsenal games of old, but United no. came through at the end in a classic win in Fergie time. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it was just odd. You, you think of the times he's walked down that touchline, and a lot mm. worse has been said for him. <laughs> the fact, you know, a warm applause everywhere, all the fans you could see around were almost. You know, looking up to try and see him, and it was, it was it kind of at an end of an era, and it obviously is, and um, it had a kind of impact on the game because it was already a meaningless game, which you rarely say about United and Arsenal. You looked at the team sheets, how Arsenal put out all mm. these kids, their priorities were elsewhere, and then you had this kind of presentation where even Mourinho was brought on the field, and it, it just kind of set the tone a bit for for what was to come. It, it was just an unusual game, but. Um, as I said before, I think with, with Wenger, it's nice to think that, not that the last 10 years have been erased, but people are remembering the good things and, um, you know, what a great character he's been. Looked a bit awkward though, didn't it? Yeah. That whole presentation on the side of the pitch. Yeah. I can understand why they did it and it was nice from the fans because obviously he, Wenger has come in for a lot of abuse at Old yeah. Trafford over <laughs> the years. <laughs> Stuff people haven't shouldn't have said that has been chanted many a time, and I was actually quite surprised that apparently yeah. not not one it wasn't even like a little minority that did it yesterday. Like everyone was applauding him, yeah. which I think fair play. Like he deserved he deserves that because of the what he's done for the Premier League. And like um, Ferguson said, without him, they wouldn't. That was the big battle throughout yeah. the throughout all the years, hasn't it? It's been between United and Arsenal, but I'm just not sure whether they needed that official presentation yeah. on the side of the and the teams were being read out over the top of it yeah. as well so it wasn't even like a, people forgot about Mkhitaryan yeah. didn't they because they uh, never sort of so like a long run yeah. <laughs> exactly but it's, it, it's weird because um, you know you think of Mourinho has always been his adversary and it, it almost doesn't sit well with you when you see and I don't I, he looked awkward and uncomfortable as well yeah, because I think he's really he was very he was very um, adamant to make sure yeah. everyone knew at the end that it was yeah. the club who had yeah, it organised it was not his idea yeah. not that he was against it no. but there is a hilarious it's... picture on the uh, United's <laughs> Instagram page where Wenger and uh, Mourinho are awkwardly touching yeah. each other and both of them look like they do not want to be in that situation. Yeah. Ferguson's loving it. Yeah. yeah, it must have been so entertaining for him because you think uh, he's had enough time for the dust to settle and for them to be friends and meeting each other in conferences where Mourinho's still in, in the yeah. fire, as it were. So it's an awkward one for him because. I mean, that, uh, Mourinho doesn't know if he's ever going to face Wenger again anyway. Mm. Like Ferguson knows that's it, he's yes, never going exactly. like, to really come. <laughs> Head to head with Wenger and have any forms out, but for Mourinho, Wenger could still be his rival in years to come. So it's a bit of an awkward one for him. Um, you said earlier the atmosphere, and that sort of contributes to this testimonial atmosphere. Um, but do you think Mourinho's tactics played into that part or anything? Or because lots of fans were saying on social media that Arsenal were there for the taking, especially yeah. after the lineup. But... I think when you looked at how the teams were lining up, you were thinking maybe it could have been another eight-two. Yeah. yeah. Um, as much as it looks like United have got second place in the bag, really, if you look at the remaining fixtures mm. this season. I think they need 
four points now from the remaining three games. And Liverpool play Chelsea as well. So, so you'd think that they're going to get that. Um, so you can understand there's this mentality. It did feel like a testimonial, definitely felt like an end-of-season game. But it's surprising because obviously Mourinho's got a big decision to make over his FA Cup final team. And a lot of the players there didn't do any, uh, yesterday didn't do any convincing as to why they should be starting. And really, if you're a United player going into that starting eleven, you should be thinking, right, I need to convince him why I should start over somebody who's on the bench rather than... They just didn't seem interested in tackling. They, mm. There was no pressing. There was no urgency going forward. There was so many space. There was so much space at the back as well Arsenal, for Arsenal to get behind. And fair play to Arsenal, because I don't think anyone, when they saw that team, would expect them to go for it the way that they did. There is that unknown entity, isn't there, when you're playing against these young players that no one's really, yeah. none of us have really seen play. You don't know what to expect from them, and you just expect the worst, because they're like 20-year-old <laughs> kids. I know that sounds nothing awful. To lose, though, isn't that, so? Exactly, they had nothing to lose, and the, some of the United players just didn't seem interested in playing. So I just think, no matter how Mourinho set up, some of them just weren't up for it yesterday, which for a United-Arsenal game, that's that's why it's disappointing. Yeah. I, think, but the, I think everyone knows what his team's going to be for the cup final. I think the players pretty know it, but equally I'd say the, the one player came in was Lindelof, and he was the man of the match on the United side of it, so... Do you think, but I don't think there's any yeah. way he's going to start at Wembley, do you? Even if no, you he's play- not going to bring anyone that field. Yeah. It's going to be the team that play against Chelsea and that's why he's back, in my opinion. Um, Going against Spurs? Yeah, for Spurs, yeah, the semi-final. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd be very surprised if he changed it, but I think equally he'll do probably what he did against Bournemouth maybe on Friday and he'll bring um, some French players back in for the Brighton game and, and give them a chance, but um, you know, it, it was just a really strange game and you could tell how mad he was getting that you know players like Herrera who've been so great in, in energy and everything else yeah. in recent weeks um, just so sloppy era, and yeah. every you know the Pogba before he scored that header he had a really good chance and he put it wide and when you look back on the benches and say how did he miss that so there was a lot of kind of sloppiness and I think had you know Arsenal put out their strongest team, maybe you would have had a slightly different game. But at the end of end of the day, it's um, you know I think United know that it's second is is there to lose and they have a cushion. But from my point of view, I think um, they've gone into two home games, West Brom and this, thinking they would walk both of them, and that's something that maybe um, needs to be looked at going forward because the record against the top six has improved so much. But you're now getting the feeling that. When they play against these lesser sides, complacency yeah, sticking in, and... ever so slightly. So that that's one thing I know. You can't really count these games because the title has been over. But if you can raise your game and get all these amazing compacts, but then not put away teams when you're expected to, that's something to look at. I think. Do you not think it's well? Obviously, it's going to be detrimental going into that FA Cup final if the squad's already sort of decided that starting 11 United really only have one game that matters left this season how do they raise their game for that Chelsea game is just being in sort of autopilot mode for the last two games is that going to be costly to United when they line up at Wembley because the players like you said they know that even if they have a bad game they're, they're going to be playing at Wembley I don't know I think that the next maybe after such a poor performance well actually Mourinho didn't think it was a poor, poor yeah, performance a yesterday win which is concerning in itself in some ways. Um, but you'd think maybe 
he needs to scare some players need to be scared and in, into yeah. up in their game maybe he'll do that on Friday by resting a few but that's the thing they'll be rested rather than dropped mm. he'll just say it's a rotation thing rather than a Pogba had a bad game so I'm going to put him on the bench yeah. he'll they'll give him a rest maybe against Brighton on Friday um, but if they need Jean up for an FA Cup final against mm. Chelsea something is seriously yeah. wrong I th- and I think they will be up for it because finishing second winning the FA Cup would that be a good season for United yeah it would they have progressed and if it wasn't for the way that City have run away with the league this season then there would have been more of a title battle it's not been United haven't been great but that isn't the reason why they haven't won the league it's because City have been absolutely unbelievable Mm. so if you take all that into context winning that trophy it would top off what's arguably Mm. a good season for United and probably the best since Ferguson left so you'd hope that they don't need any motivation to perform well at Wembley but who knows no I think the the big game mentality is definitely there um you look at the the semi final and um, you know the recent wins against like Chelsea and uh, Liverpool. Obviously, I think that won't be an issue. And to be fair, I think yesterday it wasn't that there were wasn't like there were a couple of players who had like a two out of ten performance. No. It was just everyone on average was kind of yeah. you know five out of ten kind of, and there wasn't many redeeming qualities about the overall performance. And um, I think that's hand in hand with the tactics as well because it was just very you know. Like, he identified Arsenal's weakness as crosses into the box and it was it was like watching Moyes at times where he just keep hitting the crosses, hitting the crosses and So who does he bring on? Yeah, it's just favorite. exactly it was just a bit unimaginative and uh, cynical. Obviously it paid off, so he's justified, but um this is the issue going forward, I think, that you've got uh, your two best players are Sanchez and Pogba who love the ball, um and you want to play to their strengths, but get that lingering sense that rather than starting next season as they did this season with you know the horses running free that we're going to see more of that kind of maybe stodgy kind of build up particularly at home and with Fellaini potentially staying that's a really big hint yeah that's the, the next point really Fellaini again he's whether you like it he's proven his worth he's come on he's done exactly what he's brought on to do he's got the goal some United fans might be reluctant to celebrate that one in the end and he's got them a win over <laughs> Arsenal but probably got them another couple of years of Mario Fellaini <laughs> as well Mourinho said after the game that it sounds like a contract's sort of in the pipeline and it's down to the player really if he wants to stay at the club do you think he deserves to stay at the club? I mean he does, you know what you're getting with Mario Fellaini it's always going to sort of play it depends who you're playing against really doesn't it? I think the concern is He's obviously, he polarises opinion, doesn't he? Because you know that he's just one minor catastrophe away from like losing the game for yeah. United. But then obviously you see what he did yesterday and he won it in the dying minutes. But I think the issue is deeper than do people want Fellaini at the club or not. It's more the what he symbolises. Yeah. And it's like what Kieran was just saying. He's yeah, more Yeah, he's the sort of player who it's like hoof the ball into the box and hope he gets his head on it and is that the sort of football that United fans want to watch I'm probably going to predict it's not and when you've got those creative players in the squad surely he needs to be building a team around those Mm. sorts of players who play that sort of football I was reading something this morning that suggested Mourinho needs to be buying more similar players to Fellaini so basically United need a team full of Fellainis and then they'll be absolutely fine well, <laughs> I'm not sure that's the sort of football I would want to watch every single week if it was Aaron yeah. Fellaini's on the pitch. I think with Fellaini, what you 
do get is that heart and um, I, I know that sounds funny given how cynical he is with potentially his money demands. I was going to say like, if he's got such yeah. a big heart and he loves the yeah. club so much um, and they've offered him a new deal but why is not he signed I don't think many players could have bounced back from being booed by their own fans and coming on after giving away a penalty I don't think any other United player has ever been booed after giving away a penalty the next game a week later and I think uh, uh He's made some important contribution. I'm trying to put a different stance on it, but equally, <laughs> equally <laughs> I, 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 you know, uh, you look at that Sevilla home game, he's picked ahead of McTominay and just sent the wrong message from the off. And that was one of the big reasons why um, United struggled. And then, of course, Sevilla cut them open. So um, I think he's a useful player to have in your squad, but should only ever be a plan B. And I think for me, they were playing a similar way before he even came on yesterday, and that's the concern for me. That um, it's it's too easy just to blame Fellaini. Um, they they play like that sometimes when he's not even in the squad. So um, I think yeah, it's just he, a little, I know, think he's not the problem no. at all. But I don't think he encourages. He, yeah, 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 if he's if that's the sort of player that Mourinho wants in his squad next season mm. for that reason, then it's concerning for the type of football that Mourinho sees. Yeah. United playing whereas if he goes for a more creative defensive midfielder in the summer mm. also we were talking oh, I don't know <laughs> we were talking about who? <laughs> name, you should have three names don't put me on the spot we were talking about this before though weren't we no yes we were <laughs> if he buys somebody then you've got yeah, Matic yeah. and you've got Pogba Fellaini's fourth choice also, right Fellaini's on the bench where does that put Herrera? Personally, I'd rather have Herrera on the bench ahead, could ahead of Fellaini, right? Yeah. So then that's pushing Fellaini further down the pecking order. On trip ground, So he should just leave. I think at the minute it's all about the money, isn't it? Because if United had given him enough money in this contract, surely he would have signed it. Yeah. If Mourinho is saying he want, he thinks Fellaini wants to stay, he was grabbing the badge for crying out loud when he scored like he's trying to prove a point and he's just stalling and stalling on signing this new deal presumably so he gets more money China clubs in China are apparently interested in him he'll get an absolute shed load of money over there if that's what he wants see you later if he wants to stay in either he's going for less money because he what, he's trying to negotiate a contract with less <laughs> No, I mean, he's, 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 he's going to be paid less to stay in United than he is to go to the Faris. So yeah, it? 100%. So is that as much or he still thinks he's something to give? That no. contribute to the team? No, I think, I think if he was really bothered about contributing towards the team and helping oh, yeah. them win yeah. trophies, he, 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 he would have signed already. So... I, I think his heart's gone and I think it's all about the money now. Hmm. But that's, that's every football. I think they, they look after their balance. Uh, the, the idea of that, that loyalty. You know. Yeah, loyalty oh, football is a different yeah. conversation altogether. And yeah, definitely. Bar, bar the odd exception, you know. Yeah. Chris Small. Well, one player, United, will be interested to see if they are loyal to this one. Um, Victor Lindelof, there's rumours suggesting he might go out on loan next season. He had one good performance yesterday, and it's frustrating really to see that that is what he's capable of, like, albeit against an inexperienced Arsenal side. Um, is he still the right man for United going forward? Yeah, I think um, it's mad. You think October, the, the kind of player you're watching, and how you just felt sorry for him, how nervy yeah. he was, and 
um, the idea of him raising his voice or raising his arms, you just would never have thought of. Whereas I think you're seeing him now growing into the role and feeling more comfortable. And it's quite telling he's playing mainly the home games and he looks quite comfortable um, with Chris Smalling. So uh, he's always paired with Chris Smalling. So I think um, you can properly judge him in the next season. And, and that's when I think most United fans are coming around to the idea because... Yeah. For me, it's gone too much the other way, whereas yesterday it was good, but it was like people were saying, oh, him and Bailly together, there were sorted, which, <laughs> you know, could well happen, but I I think, you know, it's it's in between, whereas those people who are writing him off in October were wrong, but equally, I don't think he's he's suddenly um, the answer uh, necessary. I think, you know, come FA Cup final day, if um, Bailly isn't fit, Phil Jones will be the one getting the nod. Um, so... Deservedly so, really. Yeah, exactly, because you you know Jones will bar the odd miss yeah. up, you know he's solid. He is what he is, isn't he? Um but I think Lindelof, um I've always said, you know, Mourinho followed him for about eighteen months. There's a reason why United followed through for that and um I don't think they're assigning that dull and it's someone who's just getting used to, to England. So I think next season will be a really good time to judge him. Yeah, I, I don't know where this this loan idea comes from. I think you could understand maybe six months ago, but I, I don't see him leaving United this summer. And he's just one injury away from like constantly being yeah. in the exactly. yeah. starting eleven, and there's still doubts over Smalling staying. Mm. I know Smalling's actually been all right this season. <laughs> yeah, he's improved. Yeah, he has improved. Weeks. But there's still been discussions, haven't there, that he yeah. that potentially he's going to leave in the one summer. Defender will go. So if he leaves, that leaves Barry Jones, Lindelof, and Daily blend. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I think we're writing him off as well. <laughs> yeah, Rojo, a new person. But it's still such a concern that there are so many viable defensive options, and United still don't know the preferred defensive yeah, partnership after a whole year mm-hmm. of all these options. Yeah, you? I think if if you had could just keep by fit, you know, yeah. you'd be the first one on the team sheet. But then you look at Small, and I think since September, every league game he's been available for his play. Yeah. So. Um, for all those people saying you know he'll be pushed out of the club, I think Mourinho will be almost reluctant to let him go unless he asks to go. Um, because from his point of yeah. view, why would he ask yeah. to go? Yeah, yeah exactly. If he's been playing week and week. He's not going to get in the England team by playing more games, evidently. You know, um, and he's already proven, uh, as we know, Harry Kane how um, he can that. handle the. Oh, don't! He'll be crying again. <laughs> Sorry, um, to mention that. <laughs> Apologise to Harry here. <laughs> Written G- apologies. I'm him up the for the World Cup for you guys. <laughs> I won't be there to see. Um, so, yeah. I, 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 with these things, I think the easy thing is to say, I'll spend 50 million on the yeah. viral, but I do think, um, you know, they have the centre-backs there. It's just a case of keeping them fit and, and get, keeping them together, which is so hard to do with Jones and Bolly. Yeah. I suppose the issue with that position is if you look back historically and obviously you have like... Yeah. You can categorise each era by yeah. the centre part. And you've got, say, that like Ferdinand and Vidic. If they stay fit for the whole season, no one else is getting a look no. in. So if United sign another world-class centre-back yeah. and Bailly stays fit for the season, Lindelof isn't going to play. No. And it makes De Gea's achievement all that greater this yeah. season. I think he's playing with pretty much a new defensive line nearly every two or three games and he's not one necessarily to communicate and that's probably partly the reason it's because 
he's got a new defender in front of him all yeah. the time. So I think that's been an extra credit to him. Is there's been it's ironic United on paper aren't conceding that many goals, but you just never looks feel confident. You think of the the Spurs game with um, Young being so far forward. Young, a really smart player, but and even yesterday for the Mkhitaryan goal, yes, Young was totally it. out of position. But it's it's what you have because it's it's got two wingers playing full backs and then often two centre backs who don't pe- yeah, yeah people aren't terribly certain on so one of the I guess one of the interesting things we're on it is Mkhitaryan's reception yesterday when he got applauded and again it added to that testimonial feel um, there's lots of Arsenal fans criticising his lack of celebration against his former club if Sanchez would have got one in the strip for them do you think he would have been as modest as Mkhitaryan or don't know I feel like it went, Out of it respect quite, for Wenger he might have done but Maybe he'd gone yeah. over and like Given the hug or something like he did before he came on yeah. He just said I'm really sorry Arson I'm sorry I had to do this to you I just look really sad I'm I'm not against players Celebrating no against one, yeah. their old club Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah, particularly with like lone players, you know. And mm. I think it was one with Sturridge when he was at Bolton or something, and uh, when he scored against Bolton, and he was like holding his hand. Yeah, because he used to be on loan there for about half a season. Yeah. It just goes as like with Everton football, it goes either too much one way or the other. But I think, yeah, as you said, if Sanchez's header had gone in, I think he would have been up and celebrating because Arsenal fans. Yeah, people are too easily offended. Yeah, they, yeah. Basically. We'll go back to Harry Kane again on that yeah. one. But... <laughs> Poor lad. <laughs> We'll to, um, we alluded to it earlier as well, um, Charlotte. You said that it would be a successful season, the progress, if United win the FA Cup. And it looks like second place is almost secured, barring a catastrophe. But if there's one team that's capable of it, it might be United. Um, so, yeah, the, the progress under Mourinho. If we say that they weren't to win the FA Cup final, then, then what, what's the narrative there? They, they second place, but no trophies. I think they've definitely improved. Yeah. If you look at the records, especially like Kieran was saying against the top six, um, the results have been there this season, apart from a few disasters. But um, the, I think maybe one of the biggest issues for coming out of this season is will be the way that um, United have played in a lot of the games. Yeah. Like They've been really boring to watch. They have. Yeah, <laughs> Point yeah. it bluntly, they have a lot of times. Yesterday as well, they were just turgid and... You get to a point where you think, right, well, if you're going to lose these games, but they've played really well, yeah. not that it doesn't matter, but at least you've gone, they've, you've the fans have gone money. to the, gra- yeah. the ground and they've enjoyed the football and it's looked like the team have wanted to win. Whereas going, it's always the game of the season that's going to stand out for that is always going to be the Anfield mm. game. Yeah. And now, after all the results that have since happened at Anfield, everyone's saying, what a genius Mourinho is because yeah. actually they came away with a draw mm. but but Stoke think, came away with a draw on the weekend as well didn't they so, yeah. yeah and also Liverpool started that game with no attacking players on the yeah. pitch so, and this is before Salah there's a lot of narratives you can read into yeah. it but I th- yes it will be a successful season in terms of points gained the highest position United will have finished since Fergie left but I think United fans are going to be hoping something changes in the summer in the Maybe the approach to games. Yeah. But then, yeah, the fact that Fellaini looks like he's staying <laughs> might indicate that there might not be an approach. It's just, it's just thrown a massive, huge spanner in the yeah. works, hasn't it? it just looks like but Mourinho, Mourinho wanted, has always said he wanted Fellaini to stay. Yeah. It wasn't anything to do with him. No, of course. Why 
Fellaini wasn't staying, it was because he wasn't signing the deal. So that seems like Mourinho's vision going forward, doesn't it? Yeah, just getting more efficient in yeah. the system rather than changing the system. Yeah. If you make the parallels with, with City last season, this stage last season, they're in a similar position. So I know they've gone out of the FA Cup, but they've been knocked out of the Champions League yeah. early. Mini shock against Monaco. They were kind of, I think they were you know, second and third in the league. And But what you would say is they had a tangible identity and philosophy. Yeah. And you knew he was building something. And you know Mourinho is building something, but it's almost going to be... Um, his successor is going to build that further. Um, you're already hearing him, you know, referring to, I'm going to leave my successor this and that. He's almost uh, priming it for, you know, um, I'm going to leave this club in a better state, but I might not deliver that title. And um, I think that's that's obviously the challenge now um, because City, he's already said he's going to sign only one or two players, but they're probably still going to spend United somehow. And um, you're just thinking. The only team that can stop City next season are City themselves. Um, if any complacency kicks in, but for United, you know, three more wins, they finish with eighty six points, and um, you know that would have won a few titles yeah. in previous years. But you, you just feeling, you know, what can they take forward into next season in terms of uh, a blueprint? And I'm not so sure there is one really that you can take from certainly the past few months. You know, do. You, have to go down two goals every game to, to play yeah. that way or can you approach these games with, with that kind of philosophy it's going to be interesting this as you said building up to the FA Cup final the man who could make a difference would be Romelu Lukaku who went off with an injury against Arsenal who I might have said I think in his blog about he was concerned for his teammate <laughs> um, Lukaku's injury if it was to be worst case scenario and he was to be out for the remainder of the season, what would United do? Fellaini up front? Or? I was going to say, Mourinho would probably just start with Fellaini, yeah. cause for everyone's panic. But I don't think if Lukaku's out, there's any reason for there to be a panic because you yeah. could start with... Marshall FC, we could go We could Marcus. go with Marshall FC, we could <laughs> go with Marcus, we could go with Sanchez, Rashford and Marshall, and that's even forgetting Lingard. So yeah. you play Lingard on the right, and then you've got what Marshall and Sanchez. I don't think that's a bad front three if Lukaku is out injured, and that's where Mourinho's got a luxury at the minute of forward players, hasn't yeah. he? Mm-hmm. He's got attacking dilemmas each week as to someone's always going to be upset, someone's always going to be yeah. missed out. At the minute, it's Marshall FC that are upset every single week on Twitter, crying every time the team sheet comes out. Every time there's a rumour saying Juventus are interested, they, they lose the plot. They lose the plot. They do. <laughs> um, but I think, as much as it would be disappointing for Lukaku if he is ruled out, which we have no idea. No, he could be fully, he and that's fully fit for the as well. Yeah. He could be fully fit by Friday. Mm. Yeah, I, I think if. I'm going to go the opposite. I think if they don't have him for that game, that's a huge blow because uh, I think he has the, the run of that Chelsea defence. Yeah. You saw that. He bullied them all yeah. he'd, he'd easily do that again. Um, and I know he hasn't necessarily been probably in his best, best form the past three or four games, but I think that occasion is just made for him to, to really deliver. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'd be... Out of actually all the players who they could be without that game, I, I think, think he, biggest would, loss. he would be in the top three. Just given that it's Chelsea and all that surrounds it, I think I, they really need him. Like I say, he does deserve a big FA Cup final performance because he's been such a catalyst in recent weeks yeah. as well. The goal against Arsenal, the opening goal, yeah. again, it was beautiful across the moon towards the back post. And yeah. He did show signs of promise 
at least. Um, you know you always going to get that hard work from him. Um, looking ahead to Friday, um, do you think, even if Lukaku was fit, do you think it's a good chance to try a new style without him up top? No, I think that... You've got to stick to your best. Yeah, I, yeah I, th- I think that if he is fit and he's obviously going to play the final, he need, Mourinho needs to keep sticking with the same, especially the same front three that yeah. are going to start against Chelsea because the sooner they can, the three of them can get an understanding between them, the better. And that's been the issue, hasn't it? He hasn't known what his best front three yeah. is. Each week he makes changes. Obviously, they all train together and they should all know what each other's wavelength is. But if they're playing week in, week out together, they're going to have a better understanding. And I just think he should stick with... Obviously, you're risking injury, aren't you? You yeah. are with every game, but three games to go. Play, play them for an hour and then sum them up. Yeah, I think that Watford game is probably the one where it really rests players. Yeah, it's the week before, isn't exactly. it? Yeah. That, like, and they've got West Ham... Yeah, three right. days before. Yeah, it's three trips well. to London yeah. before. Well, down south, they've got Brighton away, they've got yeah, away, <laughs> and then Chelsea as well at Wembley. It's yes. going to be a lot of travelling. It's going to be a tough test for United towards the end of the scene. Do you agree with the idea that he's got to try to play strongest 11 in each game, really? Especially, yeah. I mean, no shots at the front three, but also defensively, it looks like it's going to be Valencia Young again. Luke Shaw is still. <laughs> Has a big yeah. question mark over him. Sure. Yeah. I think the <laughs> it's a good question. The majority of the team you you would keep the same, but then I think it would have been hardened by the Bournemouth game how you had Blin Darmian coming in for yeah. and with Darmian in particular, you know, he, he came on against Spurs and did really well. Yeah. So I think guys like that may still have a role to play. Do you think there's really any need for Matteo Darmian to play <laughs> for United but, again this season? But he did well when he came on yeah. against Tottenham. This is what I mean about the squad effort. Yeah, but he did he did but if we're being realistic, there's no way he's going to be United next season. No, but people are saying that about Fellaini, aren't they? There could be a new contract. There could be a new contract for Fellaini. I think Mourinho isn't looking that far ahead. I think he'd just be thinking four games, just have to get through and manage the squad through all of them. I think every single member of that squad will get some minutes in those four games. It's just whether it's. Brighton or Watford. But. The interesting thing about Darmian is obviously Valencia physically yeah. can't do West Ham away on Thursday, yeah. Watford home on Sunday. So, yeah. so I don't know, maybe not. Maybe Luke Shaw will come back in and actually Young will play it right back mm-hmm. again. Or maybe we'll see Shaw and Darmian. And oh. maybe they'll both have really good games. And then maybe fun. next season <laughs> we'll have Darmian Shaw and yeah. Fellaini on the opening day. Maybe. <laughs> What an exciting a prospect! Scary that, right? prospect yeah. for everyone. But it's also interesting to say if Darmian went, it means there's another position that really needs to strengthen even more. It becomes an even bigger priority. And we talk about all these players that need to leave United really at the end of the, end of the season. But then it means there's even more players that have to come in. And it doesn't sound like Mourinho's going to be too busy in the summer transfer window. So it's finding that balance of who we can afford to get rid of and who we need. Your Mario Darmian. They're the real heroes behind <laughs> United season so far, aren't they? Unsung hero, Matthew Damia. Well, it's Player of the Year awards this week. Who knows? Kieran's votes cover <laughs> Matthew for young players. Okay, well, that sounds like a horrible way to end the podcast, but uh, and then nonetheless, um, the Arsenal game was a, another reminder. United's approach this season has been quite Machiavellian. They've got there in the end by any means necessary. There's a couple of big, well, there's one big game left before the end of the season. Thank you both for joining us on Manchester's Red. I hope you'll join us again before the end of the season. Maybe. Mm. We'll see. Rather (laughs) mysterious. Uh, Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Acast and stick with us on iTunes for all the latest updates.